Welcome to Holy Half Hour. If you are enjoying the show, please uh, leave us a little review or even a few stars if you can spare them uh, because it all makes a difference. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Off. Hour. We, we, we have a hour. Hello and welcome to Holy Half Hour. It isn't holy, it isn't half an hour, but it is a fun discussion show. Well, we hope it's fun about God and faith and everything else. I am joined once again by Michael Trainer. Hello, Michael. Hello. I think it's just important that we're having fun, really, Kieran. So it's fun for us. Yeah, totally. Totally. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm well, thanks very much. Excited once again to be uh, recording with you today and to hear all the fun things you've got planned for us. Mm, well, we've got a great show today, he said, before any of it had been committed to tape. Um, <laughs> we are going to have a little catch-up, as we do. We've got a couple of games. Well, I, certainly I've, I've got a game. Have you got a game this week, Michael? Oh, you betcha. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. It will definitely be better than mine. I have, now, one, um, one piece of feedback I was given was that I have to be less self-deprecating on the podcast. Right. So in that vein, oh, just, really? let me, just let me say, yeah, it will. It will be much better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you're doing good. You're doing really well. It's nice to hear that self-confidence from you. <laughs> uh, well, I was just being polite. My game's going to be much better. <laughs> well, I look forward to it. <laughs> You're on. And then we are going to have, as we usually do, a discussion about something. Uh, Michael has no idea what I'm going to ask him today, so it's all very exciting. But you'll probably know, listener, if you've read the description of this episode. Oh, um, wow. So they know we... and I don't. That, that's kind of crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Do you want me to, <laughs> now I'm going to undermine all of that, do you want me to tell you, or do you want it to be a total surprise? <laughs> no, no, I like that it's a surprise. If if you told me beforehand, I'd have to actually come up with so some cohesive and coherent answers to your question, yeah. whereas, you know, when you surprise me, it doesn't matter if I ramble, yeah. so. Well, that's the joy of uh, when it's the other person's turn to be the host, mm -hmm. uh, which is why I prefer it when you're in my seat, but uh, <laughs> but here we are. But yeah, we've got all those things coming up, but uh, why don't we start with a bit of a catch-up. What's been happening for you this week, Michael? Well, Kieran, um, we're in week some number of the lockdown here in the UK still, uh, so much is the same as any other week, really. Don't really see very many people. Uh, most days are fairly similar, but I do live in a three-story school. I have a small flat within a school which was built uh, in 1820 and it's old it's empty of people at the moment and I have mm -hmm. to kind of wander around and, and do various things around it and I have a lot of plants in this school I'm, I'm, I'm keen on having I'm a, I'm a big fan of the environment I've got lots of plants so I have to keep watering all these plants and just keeping an eye on on the the various living things that are within the uh, in the school okay and um, last couple of times I've been noticing that around one plant in particular, there's just been some like loose soil that wasn't there. So I cleaned it up and then 
you know, a couple of days later, some more loose soil. And it was kind of one of those things when you live in a building on your own, well, with my wife, but she doesn't really touch the plants. Um, right. That you just start to be a bit like, uh, someone playing a trick on me, like a really small <laughs> trick, just sprinkling, just messing with my plants. Um, um, so I went to water them yesterday and I picked up this plant, which is like the mystery soil plant. And as I picked it up, just thousands of ants came out of the pot. Oh, no way. <laughs> just inundated with ants. Um, I've no, just this one plant in particular. No idea why. Um, right. It was pretty gross. It was like something out of a scary movie. You just, I just picked up, mm. I picked up the pot and the soil which right. was around it just basically turned, like started to move. It just turned into Ugh. ants. So, um, oh man, was this, was this in the pot or was this underneath mm, the pot or both. What, what was it looking yeah. like? Both. Right. So, okay. Okay. But, like thousands of ants all around the pot. So I, you know, it was very, very surprising. It doesn't really creep Ooh, me out because I don't find bugs too creepy, but it was definitely a surprise. Okay. And just unfortunate because I was like, oh man, here's another problem. <laughs> here's another issue I have to solve. Ants yeah, in our yeah. building. Um, so yeah, that's about okay. as exciting as uh, as my week has been, Kieran. That moment of ants. Okay. I think I think that um, I'm also not particularly freaked out by ants per se mm. but i think swarming things can be a little bit creepy you know yeah yeah it's not ideal. when there's a lot of something you know it's not it's pretty nasty mm. um so yeah man so this was in your building were there any apart from the disturbed soil were there any clues before this no. happened that no, you had an investigation they're obviously very stealthy like i'm wondering how they were getting around and you well know, i think get, they just getting made- in and out <laughs> Yeah, I think they just made their home in the plant. Okay. I think because they were nowhere else. They were just in this plant pot. Um, Right, right. I don't know if they'd gotten lost or found like a sanctuary in this little area of nature within an otherwise uh, stone building. But Mm. yeah, there there was no no other ants around. And I took the plant, I let them settle for a while, then I took the plant outside. Um, and subsequently there's been no ants in that area. So I don't know. It's a mystery. Yeah, clearly. Mm -hmm. Well, funnily enough, the the story I wasn't going to share, but I will now because it relates (laughs) to yours is, um, is that I had a little like weird moment this week where I, uh, I bought, I bought, I bought some bananas a couple of days ago. Right. Mm. And, um, I found that the, and those bananas like sat in a carrier bag for a couple of days because I, you know, I had already had some other bananas on the go. You know, what, I like you know, to what kind of a carrier I, bag I, here? <laughs> I, I, I like I like to not run out of bananas. What kind of carrier bag? Yeah, I'm just curious. Uh, and when you say the bananas sat in a carrier bag, did they sit in like? A tote bag in which you had put other shopping as well. Or? Exactly, yeah, yeah. They were. I don't. I don't buy the like wrapped bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, pers- personally, I try and avoid those just because I'm trying to, you know, uh, trying save to trying to save the world like yeah. everybody else is yeah. now. You know, and I'm trying to buy save the world by slightly reducing the amount of plastic I handle. Good, good. Um, good. So, <laughs> so yeah, they sat in a they sat in this carrier bag with a few other items. Um, and then a couple of days later, I got to them because my, you know, my other, my current bananas had been depleted. 
your current, so I went began, to the reserves. Your current bananas had become your uh, past bananas. Exactly, exactly. They were gone, and so it was time for the the reserve bananas. <laughs> time for your and future so pulled, bananas uh, to step up. <laughs> time for fu- future bananas to become present bananas. Absolutely. So I pulled them out of the bag, and uh, well, no, I, I took one out and I ate it, and it was good. And then later that day, I went for another banana. And that's when I noticed that one of the bananas had, or a couple of them had, what looked like cobwebs on them. Mm. And that's when I started freaking out. Because as you know, (laughs) I don't like spiders. I've heard that about you. So being a very rational, level-headed person, my mind went straight to... There's a deadly tropical spider on the loose in my house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so after, uh, what, okay, here, here's a, here's a, I'll be interested to know if you can predict my movements on this one. What did I do next? <laughs> um, you immediately picked up the bag with which the bananas were in and just put it straight into the bin. Uh, actually, I, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. That okay. I did clear out that bag mm-hmm. and actually put that bag in the wash because it was a cotton one. Oh, nice. And was there a spider um, within the bag? No, no. And there were no eggs or anything that looked like spider eggs of any kind. There was no sort of nest or anything. Mm. So then I was thinking, well, maybe they're not cobwebs. Maybe they're something else. Mm. Um, and as I was relaying this this story to a friend over the phone, she said, well, like maybe they were like, maybe it was like tree sap or something. Mm. And then I thought, oh, yeah, yeah, it could well have been that. Now I feel a bit silly. Um, But the first thing I did was I, naturally, I went on the internet. Oh, yeah, of course. And and Googled something along the lines of spiders in bananas. (laughs) And uh, exactly. And then I read, and then I spent probably a good half hour reading every hysterical article from tabloids that I could find about people who'd found, like, Brazilian wandering spiders in their shopping. Um, And the grisly death that befalls you if you get bitten by one. Um, So I got rid of the bananas. They went straight into a bin bag, all of them. (laughs) And I cleared out that carrier bag completely, checked everything over for eggs, and then I put the bag in the wash, uh... Well, at least into the washing machine at that point mm. and sealed it away in there to, to wash later on. And uh, and that was it, really. And uh, so call. far, I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll keep you posted on if I see any tarantulas in my house. Yeah. Uh, but it, honest, if I'm honest, at this point, I'm kind of... Uh, no longer worried and feeling a little bit silly. <laughs> I think the most but, remarkable uh, thing about that story is that you eat two bananas a day. <laughs> Do you think that's remarkable? I, I wish I had enough bananas to eat two a day. I mean, where are you getting all these bananas from? I guess Scotland must have a more abundant banana supply than than London at the moment. Scotland had about two weeks of no bananas and then they, they reappeared. Like the toilet roll and stuff mm, we had. Mm. Several weeks where you couldn't get any of these things. And then they've all gradually come back as people have realized that um, perhaps they were overreacting a little bit. Mm. So, mm. so yeah, we, we've been all right for bananas up here. 
Um, oh, yeah. Send me some so. in the post. <laughs> but, you, but you can keep the spiders. Yeah. Don't, don't send me any spiders <laughs> yeah, totally. in the post. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, but as a result, I, you know, I, I went at least a day with no bananas at all. And uh, it was very <sighs> sad. Yeah. But, but I've I've topped up my supply again, but you can bet that I inspected very carefully <laughs> the next bunch of bananas that I bought. Absolutely, <laughs> I thoroughly looked them over, and uh, until I was satisfied that they contained no man-eating spiders. <laughs> and here I am. What do you think? Well, I mean, it's obviously working, so so good. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad we both had some insect uh, and arachnid uh, experiences this week. Yeah, um, yeah, a little bit of synergy there. Absolutely. Well, Michael, I I feel I feel a hankering for a game. What about you? Ooh, I could really go for a game right about now. Well, I'm glad you said that because, uh, listeners, we're it's time for the game bit of our show. <laughs> the game thing. show bit. The game bit show. It's a good the thing gambit. that you're going to uh, just put, a, it's put, time. A, put music over this part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's time. It's time for my gambit, which is games. The beauty of my game, Michael, is that you did it for me. <laughs> oh, really? Now, let me explain. Let me explain. <laughs> The clever, clever thing I've come up with here. Uh-huh. Listeners, Michael designed the logo for our show, Holy Half Hour, holyhalfhour.co.uk. Michael designed <laughs> the, the logo, um, and it's a brilliant logo. And it, you're pro- you may be looking at it right now. If not, it will be on your phone or whatever device you're you're listening to this through. Um. And and the logo has, and perhaps you've got it in front of you, Michael. I don't know. Do you have it handy? I'm sure I could find it somewhere. Yeah, cool. Well, that, that would be a good idea for this game. It would be helpful if you did uh, bring it up. Um, because Michael has put the words holy half hour in a very attractive grid. It's very nicely designed. Um, and the well, something occurred to me... Uh, a few hours ago, as I was scrambling for something <laughs> to contribute to this show, uh, that it's also a handy little word search. Oh. So, <laughs> so Michael, your challenge is: I'm going to give you search. and the and the listeners. I'm going to give you sixty seconds. So, if you're uh, listeners at home, you can play along a podcast, and you can try this too. I'm going to give you sixty seconds to come up with as many words as you can and bonus points if um i could only find words that are five letters long that's the longest i could find if you can find something with six michael or more then you're very clever (laughs) or at least at least cleverer than me so um, and listeners, you can have a go at this too. So I'm going to start a timer, and I will obviously, uh, you know, put some fun music over this bit for the listeners at home um, in in post. But Michael, are you ready? Um, I'm almost ready, but I do have a couple of uh, point of order questions. Yeah, do no, yeah, that's yeah. a good idea. Go for it. Um, 
Do is there a minimum uh, letter length for these words? Um, I mean, I, I mean, we're looking for just any. So it can be a two-letter word, for example. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say so. Yeah, just any any words that are real words. And it's you said it's a word search. So are we doing word search rules, which is that the letters have to touch one another? Exactly. So you can go across, down, diagonally. You you can go sort of, um, you know, in in any in any direction really, but you can't double back on yourself. So, okay. and you therefore, I'm assuming you, 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 so can't you can't use the same letter twice. Uh, I, I would say you can as long as you don't. If you, you, so, I would say you can't go from H to O and then back to the same H, if that yeah. makes sense. But you could, you, if you, if there's a way of using that H more than once without using it, you know, oh, without without doubling back on it, is that controversial? I'm not no. really a, a big word search guy, <laughs> so I don't really know what the typical rules are for a game like this. Um, but certainly in my head, I felt that was a fair way of doing it. What What do you think? Yeah, I think that's okay. If that's if that's okay. if that's how you did it, and that's how you came about your number, then um, yeah, you know. And I'm assuming that we're not accepting answers wholly half or hour. Um, well, if we're not accepting those, then that significantly reduces my score. <laughs> but <laughs> but I think that <laughs> I think it's probably it makes sense to not include them. Yeah. They were my top three. They were the first three I got uh, um, when I um, played. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but we'll take those out. We won't count those. Um, uh, so, does that make sense? Are you happy to have a go? Yeah, I understand, and I'm and I'm nervous. But um, are you I'm, okay? Yeah, I'm. You know, I'm as ready as I'll ever be. I guess. Okay, well, I'm going to tell you when your time starts, and listeners, uh, do play along, and let us know, hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk, uh, what your score is. If it beats us, um, you're certainly going to beat my score. Um, <laughs> I, I, I spent like half an hour trying to come up with words. You so, took half an hour, um, and I only get 60 well, seconds. Well, the, well, the, well the, reason the, the, sorry, the reason for that, Michael, is that what I wanted to do <laughs> was try and find the longest word and then mm. see if you could beat me to the longest word. That's what I was going to do. But okay. when all I could come up with was four and five letter words, I sort of abandoned that idea. Mm-hmm. So, you're not, so you're not really competing against me because that wouldn't really be fair. And you're going to trounce me so completely anyway, uh, <laughs> even though I had 30 minutes that I don't really want to compare my answers to yours. <laughs> well. But let's just see how many you can get. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Steady. Go.
time's up. <sighs> well. Well, Michael, how did you do? Uh, <laughs> no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say that I did well. Okay. Um, Is, yeah. do, do you think a minute's a good length of time for this? I don't even know. <laughs> this is very poorly researched and put together. I think that, um, I think that, yes, but also no. <laughs> okay. I think it's good for uh, anyone who's listening. But um, mm. at home, I think you could certainly pause the podcast and see if you can, uh, you know, come up with a few more. Yeah, totally. I feel like this might be better as like a commuter game that might, <laughs> maybe you're just traveling and you don't have pen and paper on you or whatever. Mm. And all you can do is really look at our podcast logo and see <laughs> <laughs> how many words you can keep in your head. That's the best way to play this game, folks. So Absolutely. I'm going to tell you that now after you've played in whatever way you played that you <laughs> did it wrong. No, you didn't do it wrong, of course. Um, it's fine. It's good. So, how did you do, Michael? Well, I mean, jury's out, but I think I got... Well, I mean, that one's tenuous for sure. Depending on what you judge, I got three, six... I got ten words. Nice! Maybe. <laughs> okay. Depending. Um, right. on, on whether I'm allowed foreign languages <laughs> and also whether certain <laughs> words are real, really words in your opinion. Okay, okay. Well, if, you include, you, if you include holy half an hour, then I got 13. Um, <laughs> nice. So I got um, from shortest to longest, uh, low, L-O. Yeah. As in, uh, you know, low. <laughs> lo La, and behold lo and behold <laughs> yeah La yeah. L-A yeah Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Good. So, La, Ti yeah yeah that's that's in the dictionary isn't it it's a, it counts in Scrabble could do yeah it does Certainly. count in Scrabble for sure um Ha H-A-H yeah which uh, is definitely maybe not a real word then some words which I do think are words Our O-U-R Fly, yeah. F L Y. Mm hmm. Um, hola, the Spanish greeting. I don't know if I'm allowed that, but. Um, Alo, A L O. I feel like that's a thing. Like, not aloe vera, but some kind right. of. I don't know. Maybe it's not. That one's definitely some dodgy. Sort, some sort of plant or something? Yeah, could be. I, I remember reading about myrrh and aloes in the Bible, although that mm -hmm. had an E in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to scratch that one. I don't think that one's a good one. Uh, then I've got flower, F-L-O-U-R. Yep. Holly, H-O-L-L-Y. Great. And aloha, um, <laughs> which technically is not English, but, you know, it's probably in the dictionary. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's everything. That's as many cool. as I got. That's good, man. That's good. Did you <laughs> let me... Uh, there's a... A couple, at least, that I that I came up with in the three hours I had to do it that you maybe <laughs> didn't get. Did you say Halo? Did you get Halo? No, I didn't get Halo. No, that's a good one. Okay, you, okay. you got Holly. That's a good one. Mm -hmm. I mean, did there is there's literally a Halo in the logo, and I still didn't get Halo. So that's not so <laughs> um, did you say Holly? You got as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Holly and Flower and Flower. Yeah, I had fully. Did you get that? 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, no, I didn't get fully. Also, Ally and Lolly. Yeah, that's good. Lolly, um, only if you use an extra L, though, which, you know, is... So that one's, you know, potentially controversial. Yeah, that one's... Yeah, actually. Yeah, that's And that's maybe, also the same... Sort of have to... Use the same L twice. Hmm. I see also... what you mean about that rule that you were clarifying at the beginning now. Um, which, which, if you weren't allowed, you also couldn't have Aloha, because Aloha uses the same A twice, so... Yeah. Right, okay. Okay. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. It's good. That, that was fun. Cool, man. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> my, I feel like my brain hurts a little, and also um, I'm relieved that I got I actually got some words. I was worried I wasn't going to get any at all. So That's the sign of a good word search, a bit of pain and <laughs> some relief. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kieran, I've made a game based on Christianese. Um. Christianese, <laughs> Christianese is that sometimes controversial uh, expression used for like things that Christians say. Um, and there's a kind, yeah. there's there's a few different versions of Christianese. There's the Christianese that we use on a daily basis that um, that are kind of words that only Christians use, like fellowship or evangelism. Yeah, yeah. that that people who aren't uh-huh. churchgoers might not understand. And there's also kind of Christianese, which is maybe a bit more uh, funny things Christians say. Um, so <laughs> there's also a dictionary of Christianese.com. Um, and I've taken five Christianese phrases from this dictionary of Christianese, which is literally dictionary of Christianese.com. So if you want to look it up mm-hmm. after the show or, or read some more funny things. And I'm just going to give you a quote, or not, uh, not a quote, a word from the dictionary. And see if you know what it means. I'm very up for this. All right. Well, I'm excited to see if you get them because some of these ones <laughs> I too. didn't I didn't know myself. So uh, right, the right. first one is bedside Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> is that someone who really? fervently prays for you when you're not well but maybe they go a little bit over the top mm. or 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 they like they sort of get really pentecostal when somebody's ill but they're otherwise maybe a bit more reserved <laughs> <laughs> i like that see and that's something that i might have guessed um the other the other uh word that is under this definition is is also saint mattress saint mattress <laughs> Apparently, Bedside Baptist and St. Mattress are expressions used for if you sleep in for church and miss church. And someone <laughs> says, oh, I didn't, didn't see you at church this morning. I was at St. Mattress. <laughs> Which I quite like. I love that. That is excellent. I'm going to use that. Yeah. Oh, I, I, was visit, I was visiting Bedside Baptist Church. <laughs> yeah. St. So. Mattress. <laughs> that's good okay that, so uh, yeah so you were a bit too serious with that one that one was a bit sillier um, here's one that I'd never heard of but I think would have been useful in when we were both youth workers together and that is purpling 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 hmm this one's quite hard little- to guess yeah, I'm a little bit baffled, to be honest, as to what that could be. <laughs> My mind goes either to 
something about purple being kind of a royal color Mm -hmm. and people in your church being quite vocal about turning the church purple. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Or something about holding your breath for too long because we're talking about like youth groups. It's something something about a dare that goes wrong. Yeah. Those are the two two places my mind went. But tell yeah. me what what's the answer? My mind went to the same place with the royal color. Um okay. the, what, this is what the website says. I'm going I'll act it out for you. No purpling. It's a familiar cry at church retreats and youth camps. But what does it mean? In a nutshell, <laughs> it's when the boys and girls at your youth camp start pairing off. So that <laughs> Blue plus red equals purple. Uh, oh, uh, right. The girls are red. Okay. Of course um, they are. <laughs> so, yeah. So, no purpling. It's, uh, you know, when no no, no relationships with the youth. <laughs> okay. No purpling allowed. Got no purpling it. allowed at this youth camp. So, here's number three. Tooth angel. Tooth angel. Tooth angel. Oh, that, that I mean, that's got to be like a, a, a sanctified replacement for the tooth fairy. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. <laughs> well done. It says on the website, uh, on uh, dictionaryofchristianese.com, um, somewhat below Santa Claus on a list of things Christian parents worry about is whether to tell their kids about the tooth fairy or the tooth angel. <laughs> tooth angel. <laughs> So there you go. Um, That's good. What do you think uh, when you have kids? Are you going to tell them about the tooth fairy, Karen? Well, I, uh, there's or something it, about the tooth, be the tooth angel, angel I quite like. <laughs> 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 Maybe good. I'll go with what, what would? How would you like? Um, well, I mean, I suppose Santa Claus is already a saint, but how mm, would you yeah. Christianize him further in the minds of your children? The the, pre- the gift angel. <sighs> yeah, it's a difficult one, <laughs> I don't isn't it? Know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You ready for Maybe number Santa four? Maybe Santa Claus is better. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Number four is Bragamoni. 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 That's Bragamoni. an interesting portmanteau. I'm wondering what the the other word is that's been mashed in there. Um, is it boasting about your spouse? Um, or is it's it not, boasting it, to your spouse? <laughs> it, it's neither of those things, but there is actually an entry okay. on dictionaryofchristianese.com, which is just, it just says hot wife. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's about, uh, it's kind of the, the slightly uh, chauvinistic way in which some male preachers tend to boast about their hot wives during their, during their sermons. Right, right. Um, kind yeah. of like using the pulpit to compliment their wife. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's interesting for sure. I've definitely heard that uh, before from the pulpit. But um, yeah, no, I, I would say the same. <laughs> yes, a bragging money is uh, to quote dictionary of Ch- of Christianese dot com. Um, when you share your testimony and you end up talking about yourself more than about God, it's called a bragging. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> uh, I think we've all done That's that. That's good. That's good. Cool. Yeah. So that's the fourth one. Yeah. I think your fifth one, you'll have a good chance of getting. Um, it is Jesus year. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna guess that that is like some kind of retreat. Yeah. Like a year out sense. for God. 
Wow. Or, yeah. Like a lost, like uh, like some people, you know, uh, who perhaps are, have maybe gone off the rails a bit, mm. might have like a lost year <laughs> where mm-hmm. they can't remember much of what happened. <laughs> this is like that, uh-huh. but you're going all, all in for God instead. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. That's not really what it means. It's actually, quite simply, when you're 33 years old. Ah, okay. Yeah, people okay. call it your Jesus year because you're It's the time year. to begin your ministry. <laughs> well, <yeah>. Potentially <laughs> end your ministry. Yeah. yeah, well, it's, yeah. <laughs> it might be a short one. Yeah, I mean, we don't know how, uh, we don't know for sure how old Jesus was, but some people say mm. he started his ministry at 30 and, and uh, you know, died at 33 and rose again oh but, right okay yeah yeah so, so yeah. it's the end of right okay yeah well, potentially yeah is that knows. the implication the implication is simply that it's when you're 33 and uh, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're we're you know that's that's about it really <laughs> okay okay i'm overthinking it once again yeah, absolutely well well done kieran uh you got uh one out of five but um the important thing is well, that we had fun so uh yeah absolutely Thanks for keeping track of the score. I'd uh, I'd forgotten we were even uh, playing a quiz. <laughs> you know me. <laughs> Legalistic as always. <laughs> Mate, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Thanks. Um, you're very welcome. Well, Michael, I have a question for you today. And... That question is as follows. So uh, now I'm going to ramble and then ask you the question. So uh, (laughs) (laughs) you and I, we both lead worship, right? And we have done for quite a long time, sometimes together. uh, But in the last little while, in our respective places of worship in different parts of the UK, And I was thinking about, and this is a conversation I think we've had in the past, but I was thinking about worship songs, specifically songs intended to be sung in church, right? Mm. And this is a a discussion I think we've had in the past, but I thought we would, you know, drag it into the light of the podcast for other people to potentially chip in if they want to. And, And here's the question. Do you think that mainstream worship music is too simple in its lyrical content mm. or maybe because uh, 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 I what I don't want to do is come across like a sort of cynical old fart that I don't like any new songs my mm. fiance would tell you that's true but I, I <laughs> but honestly I'm honestly it isn't I'm still I'm still cool well I'm not but I still like some new songs. <laughs> um, so maybe a more helpful way to phrase the question is where is the line between accessibility in mm. worship songs in church and theology that's enriching and that helps to support the church's um, uh, you know, exploration of Scripture and growing in, in mm. knowledge of Scripture? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Because I think that there are beautiful songs that are incredibly simple yeah, and have, you know, uh, maybe even a dozen words, you know, mm. uh, but they're successful and they work as worship songs. Um, and there are songs that are very theologically rich 
Mm. Um, often those songs are older, I think, which at least my perception is that they're older, which is part of what I wanted to talk about today. Um, you, you know, I'm thinking particularly of hymns, classic hymns that we yeah. that many of us sing in our churches. Um, yeah, I've kind of lost the thread of that sentence. But do you know what I mean? <laughs> where is the line between where is the line between accessibility in our worship mm. and an appropriate level of kind of biblical soundness mm. and theological uh, depth. What's what's the word? Yeah, depth, theological depth. Interesting. Well, <clears throat> what do I think? Good question, first of all, and mm. I think before I before I kick on and and say what I what I might say and what I think, it's important to say that you and I both grew up in a kind of a Baptist church in which, at various points, worship leaders wrote their own songs and sang them. We sang from mission praise at various points, then from much mm-hmm. more modern Christian songs through the full gamut of Hillsong and all the other stuff. And um, and generally, I think, kind of always had a, a sprinkling of contemporary hymns. We never sang hymns in the structure of hymns that maybe a more traditional church might sing, but we still had, you know, Amazing Grace, Come Thou Found, you know, mm. uh, In Christ Alone, those kind of more traditional songs, I'm sure. I can't think of them all off the top of my head right now, but... So neither of us are from church backgrounds in which hymns were widely sung, is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Um, and to be honest, I think, oh man, it's going to, I'm going to come back to this buzzword of integrity all the time. For me, it's, mm. uh, is the worship, does the worship have, maintain integrity with the overall style of the church and the overall style of, preaching and if we think of worship as complementary to preaching it's the other vehicle through which we communicate biblical truth and also express truth to god in worship and adoration then for me it's kind of about a consistency of tone i suppose it'd be strange to me if it'd be strange to me if you were singing lots and lots of contemporary uh, worship songs and then had extremely like deep like um you know a really really deep biblical teaching which is super like just breaking down and bringing in all the hebrew and the greek and talking about really high theology and and equally mm. it'd be strange to me if you were singing very traditional songs but your preachers were like 15 minutes of someone who just kind of telling their story and then sticking in a couple of bible verses because i think I think that <clears throat> I think it seems somewhat irresponsible sometimes to sing songs that are full of Christianese to harken back to our previous game, sure. unless you also take on the responsibility of educating and your congregation and what those things mean and exploring those those kind of theological concepts. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad in my experience. One of my favorite songs is Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing, which has uh, Here I Raise My Ebenezer in it. And when I, 
I don't do it every time I sing it, but when I lead it, occasionally like to break down, hey, this is what that means and why you're singing it. Because mm. otherwise, mm. You, most people are just like, wait, what? Is Ebenezer Scrooge? What has this got to do with Jesus and God? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in that sense, I, I think you can go too far in both of those directions. Like I'm, th- I'm thinking of, for example, and this song gets picked on a lot, so I don't wish to pile on here. I mm. think there are some good things about this song, and it's got a great tune. Uh, Days of Elijah, you know, mm. by Robin Mark. So, which I believe is a song that has more scripture references than lines <laughs> in the song. <laughs> yeah. um, it just pa- it just packs in a lot of biblical imagery, you know, um, and that's not wrong, uh, mm. but it does require. Um, there are lines in it, I think, that without some explanation from the front, if mm. you were a new or newish believer, you might be a little bit lost. Yeah. Of course, then that begs the question, should every single song that we sing in church be completely understandable by everyone who walks in off the street on you know first their first day in church? Mm. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, but But I do think it's possible to go too far in the direction of you you know trying to cram in as many biblical references as you can Mm. um at the same time and and by the way that example i pick up from a great book uh, which i read years ago called now let's move into a time of nonsense (laughs) i can't remember (laughs) the name of the author unfortunately uh, but it's a very, very good book, very fair and balanced and but uh, well-written and very funny. Again, it's called Now Let's Move Into a Time of Nonsense, Why Worship Songs Are Failing the Church. Uh, it's more than 10 years old now, maybe 15 <laughs> years old even, but it's yeah, a good book. The author is Nick and Page. Nick Page, thank you, producer. And, um, and, and I would still... Um, from my recollections of that book, I would say it's still very much worth picking up now because I think a lot of the principles he unpacks in terms of song selection and particularly our approach to writing songs as church are still, a lot of those points are still very relevant. Mm. So you've got the sort of very complicated or more complicated, more theologically dense, the sort of days of Elijah end. And then a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I was leading worship at my church before I moved up here to Sterling. And, um, we were singing King of My Heart. You know, the one that goes, You are good, good, oh, that one. Yeah, it's a good song. It is a great <laughs> song, and I, re- I really like it. And there's a line in it that says, uh, Let the King of My Heart um, be the echo of my days, I think, is, are the words. I'd have to look it mm. up, but I'm pretty sure it's the echo of my days. Um, and a guy who was visiting our church and was part of our church planting network, who is uh, an awesome guy uh, and very is a very good thinker, he was visiting that day, and he came up to me afterwards and said, "What does that mean, that line?" <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "Um," and, and you know, I, I was able to give, I felt, a pretty good explanation of what it meant to me, which for for me, what it means is. Uh, that when I look back across my life, that my hope, my prayer is that Jesus is the name that is lifted above every other name in my life, mm. you know, as I nice. reflect on where, where I've been and what I've said and done 
that it would be Jesus above all else, mm. that he would be the name that I've yeah. reflected, you know, in my, in my words and my actions. Mm. So that, that was my answer. But it did get me thinking, I wonder what other people think <laughs> when they hear those lines. And I wonder if, you know, if they have similar thoughts to me, or maybe it means something completely different to them, or maybe they're just totally baffled by it. You know, yeah. Uh, so, and and I love I love that song, and I still like to sing that song. Um, but uh, but it did get me thinking about where you know is is there a point at which a song lyric perhaps becomes vague to a degree that it's unhelpful? So I sort of it, when I posed this question to you, Michael, I sort of had those two kind of poles in mind at either end. Yeah. Of the very the the line with lots of artistic license and almost endless room for interpretation and at the other end the line that is so specific to a specific passage in scripture that uh you kind of have to stop and look it up (laughs) yeah i think the only danger in writing a worship song in my mind is if you write something which is wrong theology or bad mm. theology. I think that, <clears throat> and then something that goes hand in hand with that is, so if, if we don't write songs with bad theology, and we have the entire gamut between super open poet, poetry, like King of My Heart, and then much more specific Bible references like Days of Elijah, then I think you need to just, as a worship leader, either do one of two things, which is, educate your congregation or Mm -hmm. work as a team with the preaching staff and everyone else to educate your congregation or challenge your congregation to go deeper. So, for example, Mm. I've looked up the words for King of My Heart and you're right, it does say the echo of my days. That verse says, And let the King of My Heart be the wind inside my sails, the anchor in the waves. Oh, he is my song. Let the yep. king of my heart be the fire inside my veins, the echo of my days. Oh, he is my song. Mm-hmm. There isn't really any line in that that would necessarily mean the same thing to you as it means to me. Like sure. even even just the concept of God being the king of my heart might be very different to me saying it as it is to you saying it. But I think the only thing that's bad is if if the congregation is just singing it. Like, it can. It's okay for it to have open poetry with rich imagery and a great tune. If you challenge your congregation to be like, guys, we're going to sing this song, and it has some really open poetry in it, and I want you to seek God during this song and and ask Him mm-hmm. what it what it would mean for Him to be the wind inside your sails, what it would mean for Him to be the fire inside your veins, you know, what it would look like for you Him to be the echo of your days. And maybe for you to speak into that. And obviously not every church has the kind of environment in which they want their worship leader to be doing much talking and all that kind of stuff. And I guess in those churches, maybe you don't pick those songs that are uh, kind of, that need a little bit of extra support. Either it's, guys, go and read this passage of the scripture, which is so rich in this Bible, this song is based on, or guys, you should really, I would love for you to be seeking God during this song. Um, and see what God's saying to you. And if uh, those, if that's not really your environment, and, and it's not you're not able to do that, then maybe choose different songs that don't need a little bit extra support. Mm. You know. Mm. 
That's a great answer, man. And I think I also appreciated what you said earlier, tying into that, about how um, choosing songs that are consistent with your church's approach and your Mm. church's, you know, uh, theological position even and the Mm. way that you do your services. And, you know, um, if your Sunday sermons are maybe shorter than in some other churches, then that it's not necessarily a bad thing to have a song set that reflects that or is or is sort of pitched to that level, if if I've understood what you were saying correctly. Yeah, exactly. It's just about consistency of tone. And and to touch on the other point that you made about, you know, not wanting to scare people off with the high theology in your songs. Um, if you do have a church which is attracting a lot of people, then that might be something you need to think. Uh, a lot of new Christians... Um, or it's an opportunity to educate people about those terms. But I think that most songs don't necessarily um, scare people off uh, mm. based on things they don't understand. But if if you felt that that was happening, um, like, for example, you know, songs about being washed in the blood of Christ, for example, other uh, terminology or symbolism or metaphor which might actually be slightly frightening to people or or confusing then yeah i think you know it behooves you as a worship leader and as a church leadership to be careful of those kind of things not because they're wrong but just because they're maybe not appropriate for your church in those seasons let me give you another example um just because i want to get your hot take on this a couple of years ago there was a hill song song which which is very good i really like this song it uh was and is very popular um it is called can't remember <laughs> and the song is called what a beautiful name ah yes which you which i'm sure you've heard and it even it even was the subject of an episode of ask pastor john a year or so ago i don't mm. know if you saw that but they, but someone wrote into the show and they actually talked about it. And they were talking about the line in the second verse, um, which says, you didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, mm. you brought heaven down. Yeah. And um, I, I, I don't want to do a disservice to uh, what John Piper said, which as ever was very carefully thought out. And well, and and well put. Um, and it's been quite a while since I listened to that episode. But as I recall, he was broadly kind of saying that that was that that, that there was an, He felt there was an implication in that verse that without us, God was somehow less complete. That he was mm. less than whole and complete without something that he had created namely us and he felt that that was you know an an unhelpful uh way to view god's being god's character do you think that that line can work in certain contexts Mm. and 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 i and i've and i've sung and led that song in in church and mm, I still really so like I. that song, so so I'm I'm not uh, I'm not advocating that we that we chuck it out. Yeah. Um. B- but what do you think? Do you think there is a context in which that, at the very least, you might have to clarify what that line means, 
or almost like take a position on it and say, you know, there's been a little, there's been some discussion lately or about this line or what it means. Here's my take on it. Church, mm. you can think about this for yourselves. Or, or, or is it necessary to say that? Or is, is it conceivable that a church might not sing it because they feel that mm. that line is too vague or too unhelpful? Yeah. Um, obviously, it's going to depend on the church to an extent. But what, what do you think, Michael? I think if it's gotten to the point where you need to be up the front and clarify the theology of a song, like it's okay to expound on, you know, use this time where this song has open poetry to as a time of ministry, or this song is based on this scripture, you might want to look into it further because it's really beautiful. That's enhancing someone's worship experience. If you need to stand up the front and clarify a theolo- the theology of a song, then I think at that point you shouldn't be singing the song mm. because that's only going to be a distraction to the person worshiping God. Um, and where if you so if you're if you're perceiving broadly in the Christian world that there's some question marks over a song, then that's one thing because there's always question marks over a number of songs. I'm thinking of Reckless Love in recent years by Corey Asbury. Yeah, definitely. That's a more contemporary example. Thank yeah. you. A lot of question if marks. Only I'd thought of that. that. <laughs> um, but is your church asking those questions? Is your church distracted by the theology in the song? Um, or is one person coming to you after the service and saying, oh, some clarity, please, then, you know, give that clarity. But to stand up the front and say, then as soon as you sing that song, people are only going to be thinking about what they think of the theology of that line. They're no longer mm. going to be, you know, in that worshipful space. So I think at that point, if, if you know, there's enough controversy over a song, then you, I just wouldn't sing it. With this song personally... I mean, I don't have a problem with... It's actually this, the line after that that I have a theological issue with. You didn't want heaven without us. You know, God created mm-hmm. us for a relationship with him because he desired a relationship um, and desired to create us. So he didn't... I don't think that diminishes God's uh, holiness or God's um, autonomy or completeness. Sure. Uh, because sure. it's it's about wanting, not about needing. If it said you didn't, if it said you needed us in heaven or something, then that'd be an issue. Yeah, yeah. Good point. But actually, my problem is bringing heaven down is a slightly more theological uh, gray area for me. Um, so, mm. but I won't get into all that. Um, but personally, <laughs> it's not enough for me um, to discount this song fully, and I certainly haven't heard enough objections from people to make me think, okay, this song, we can't do this song anymore in church. Um, but if you hmm. did feel that you needed to address it in, in front of the church, then I would say, uh, don't do that song, personally. Ultimately, our job is to lead people into the presence of God by his Holy Spirit so that they can worship him. Um, and if I was wearing something inappropriate, I wouldn't do, I would, and someone said that stopped me from worshipping, I would stop. If I was laughing too much or smiling too much or dancing too much, as long as I was still able to have a a genuine expression of worship myself, I could try to limit those things so it wouldn't distract somebody. And if if my key choice or my song choice or my instrument choice or whatever was stopping people from worshipping God, I need to get out of the way, right? Mm. So... 
within reason. I still need to be genuinely worshiping because I I can't lead anyone into worship unless I'm genuinely worshiping myself. Um, but also, you know, I have to take the needs of the congregation into consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of coming with that sort of servant attitude of I'm here to enable mm. to give a platform for others to, to worship God collectively. And yeah. so anything that might stand in the way of that goal, I need to consider changing potentially whilst all, without it becoming an inauthentic expression for me, yeah, as it were. So, Michael, as we draw this exciting episode to a close, is there anything you've been particularly enjoying this week that you'd like to share with people? Well, Kieran, um, yeah, I think so. Um, yesterday, uh, my wife and I watched a movie, and uh, it was a little, mm. uh, a little unknown indie movie you may or may not have heard of, Kieran, called The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Doesn't ring a bell, but continue. <laughs> no, never heard of it. Um, and obviously, you know, fairly well-known movie. Actually, surprisingly, not successful at the box office when it was first released, even though it's, uh, you know, a, a modern classic. Um, mm. But a movie I love, a movie that my wife loves, and um, a movie that we've seen many, many, many times. I mean, I've seen it probably 25 times. I like to repeat watch movies, but we okay. have never watched it together. And this is kind of my encouragement and my thing to share, which is that um, I want to challenge you, Kieran, to experience something that you are familiar with through someone else's eyes this week. Mm. Um, because I, even though my wife has seen it a number of times, she's much more emotionally available than I am. And she is really affected by it in various scenes. And seeing her be joyful or be very upset um, really kind of let me see it through a new light. Um, obviously, I know that the upsetting things are upsetting and I know that the joyful things are joyful. But seeing someone else's emotion through that kind of enhanced my enjoyment and my feelings of the movie. And I just thought it was really nice uh, to do that together. And obviously... Our listeners might not be in a position where they can necessarily do that, but whether maybe you could watch a movie through Zoom or watch a movie through Skype or read a book together or something or other. But I, I just wonder if there's some way in which you can experience something through someone else's eyes um, or, or have your own experience enhanced by sharing the experience, uh, which I think is important now more than ever. So that's kind of my thing to share uh, and a little bit of a challenge. That's cool, man. I like that. And I will take on that challenge. But I will say um, that sort of happened for me in this last week, funnily enough. Oh. Um, because, as you know, I like video games. Um, I try to give video games, you know, an appropriate uh, space in my life. That is, you know, not let them take up too much of my time, especially yeah. during lockdown when it's very easy to sit and play video games for a whole day if you allow yourself to um at least that's easy for me but so far i've been able to resist that 
but um, I do like to play Minecraft, which m- pretty much everyone who hears this will have at least heard of. Mm, it's a sort of sandbox building game. It's a lot of fun. And I had the pleasure of introducing it to my fiance this last week. I don't know that she'd ever played a video game, but we spent an hour on Minecraft and she was initially a little bit skeptical. <laughs> but by the end but by the end of the hour she'd like built a house and wow. she seemed to really enjoy it. And it was just very cool. And it was just really nice to share that part of my life with her that mm. you know, I, I think perhaps when you meet a beautiful woman as we have Mm-hmm. I I sort of uh, hot wife perhaps made perhaps made yes <laughs> hashtag hot wife I'd perhaps made an assumption that those kind of parts of my life and those areas of interest would not be something she would be interested in sharing with me mm. so uh, so it was really nice actually for her to for her to say can I play a game with you sometime Wow so she she asked but, to because, play a game with you Yeah yeah it wow. was really cool man it was wow. really cool hot wife points she's not my wife yet even <laughs> but she's already earning uh points <laughs> i don't know what the points mean or in what or in what way the points are redeemable yeah but anyway <laughs> just to clarify points. that's a callback so, from a callback to earlier not we don't we're not chauvinists um yeah yes absolutely absolutely <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, there you go. You've already completed your challenge and you didn't even know you were going to get a challenge. So that's very, very cool. Yeah, well, that's it, Michael. I'm always one step ahead of you. Absolutely. So, like with the word search game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But no, man, that's that's really cool. Thanks for sharing that. Pleasure. Now I've got something to tell you. I'm excited. Oh, boy. Here it comes. The thing <laughs> I have to tell you, my stars. You're going to be blown away by this, Michael. If I had a penny sit- for every sitting- thing I had to tell you. <laughs> I would have so many pennies. Are you sitting down? I am. Good. Because here it comes. I'm still sitting. Right, good. Um, I can't really think of anything. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I can tell you've done a lot of preparation for this week's episode here. <laughs> uh, well, do you know the crossword turned out better than I thought it was going <laughs> to? You, 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 uh, it was mostly down to you, though, enthusiastically going for it and hiding the, I would imagine, uh, frustration and boredom that you felt. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, do you know what's going to go down really well? Is sixty seconds of silence in our in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> It's going to be the really p- real popular segment. Ah, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Well, thanks, Michael. Uh, that was really cool. Appreciate you sharing that with us. And that is all we have time for, folks. I have been Kieran. He has been Michael. This show is Holy Half Hour. Thank you for listening. Um, once again, you can find us at holyhalfhour.co.uk and you can email us. The address is hello at holyhalfhour. We would love to hear from you. We would love to know if you beat our score on the word search and we will see you next week. Yeah. See you then. Take care. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Thanks. Bye.
you know what the secret of comedy is, Michael, don't you? Timing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that takes care of the intro. <laughs> uh. <laughs> See, I think that's hilarious. I wonder what people who listen to it will think. <laughs> hopefully, they'll, hopefully, we'll never find out. <laughs> also, it's just it's a it's a Mark and Simon joke. You can't just steal their steal their jokes. <laughs>